Let's be nerds. I know it's been a minute. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and I'm so glad that you are back with us, and I'm so glad that we are back with you. I have a wonderful group of people with me again tonight, and we are going to be discussing some pretty interesting topics. So before we get into it, I want to thank all of our patient listeners that have you know, supported us through this little bit of a pause that we've been on. And uh, I want to assure you that we are going to be back to our regularly scheduled programming here very, very soon. So with that being said, I want to welcome Gordon, Bob, Herman, and Eric. Hello. Gordon, how, how are you guys? Excited Doing to well. be back. It feels good to be back, right? It definitely does. Gordon, I know you and I have been on a little bit of a, you know, momentum of getting this back. So it feels good to be back recording and in the swing of things. It's a little, a little fresh and a little new. It's the much needed break, I think, from our day jobs that we need. Yes, I agree. Glad we're back in the saddle, though. I am as well. Bob and Carmen. Bob and Carmen. Fear Embodied is doing well, and uh, there's a little bit of a tie-in that we have to talk about in a minute, but how are you guys doing? Oh, doing so good. Thank you so much for having us on again. We missed you guys. <laughs> Excited to see you back in action. But it's it, but at the same time, it feels like we never left. Well, this is true. And that is, that is the best compliment, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, for those of you listening... We're going to be referencing this throughout the episode, but definitely go and check out uh, Carmen and Bob's podcast, Fear Embodied. Gordon and I recently just did an appearance on a episode, and it kind of ties into the overarching theme, which we will get into, so stay tuned. Yes. Mr. Eric, how are you, my friend? Oh, we're just doing dandy tonight. <laughs> I appreciate you being on board for this uh, this theme and this topic, and I'm I'm excited to see what you have to add because you're the newest one to throw your hat into this arena tonight, and I'm I'm glad for that. Yeah, it should be very entertaining. I was cramming the uh, fear embodied podcast before this, so <laughs> trying to keep <laughs> myself up to date here. <laughs> I love it. So. Without, you know, stretching this out too much further, so essentially what we have all been talking about, and probably a lot of you that have been listening with the recent films that have been released, we have been covering the multiverse. The multiverse theory, the multiverse in film, mm -hmm. what it all means. And so Gordon and I were on Fear Embodied. And Carmen, why don't you walk us through your process? Because you didn't start just out with the multiverse. Can you give us a little insight on what our listeners could expect if they go back 
and listen to Fear Embodied to bring us to our current situation? Yeah, so it actually starts with episode 11, uh, which is called the Mandala Effect, or Mandala Effect. Um, and so it kind of started off with that episode talking a little bit about the Mandala Effect and whether or not is it just our brains sometimes are wrong or is there something deeper at play? Is there some kind of conspiracy surrounding the Mandala Effects? which led us into episode 12, which was the episode that we had you and Gordon on, where we started talking about multiverse theory. Because one of the theories with the Mandala effect is that it may have actually created or pushed us into a parallel world. So we talked a little bit about the uh, multiverse in real world concepts, although it's never been proven necessarily, um, but it is something that is hotly debated and uh, talked about in the scientific uh, communities as well as other communities uh, to boot. And then we kind of, you know, ended that episode setting the stage for tonight where uh, we talked about pop culture references. Um, and uh, I know that we're going to dive a little bit deeper on some of the other topics that Gordon started to talk about and hint at at our episode over on our show. Amen. I <laughs> now we're going to take it from the, I would say that, your episode was more, you know, logic-based and reasoning and, and discussion, and we're going to now take the, the idea of the multiverse and discuss it as it relates to film, media, culture, um, how much we're seeing of it as of late, mm -hmm. and uh, I, th I think it's a good conversation to have, and um, I think it's... <laughs> I'm curious to hear all of your opinions on, you know, where we stand with the amount of media that we've seen. And I think that's going to be um, a good, a, a little, you know, a little interesting to see what everyone's take is. Yeah. <laughs> so before we, let's, I want to start by Gordon, you have something to share with us and you had touched on this on fear embodied a little bit on a wisdom live so i really want to give you the stage to properly discuss what you would like to in regards to the kardashev scale slash the civilization theory i want you to really have you know the center stage and just explain what's going on so we can react to that because i think it's a very interesting concept gladly i um from the previous episode over on Fear Embodied, I have found out a bit more information. I, I was lacking in some information, and I only claim that there were five levels of civilization, technically six if you count civilization zero, but there are in fact seven, at least as of right now, there are seven. I, I really don't think you can get higher than where we're at, but we're going to run through all seven of these different types of civilizations just to uh because we have to we have to uh see where this Re refresh the memory refresh the memory see where this fits in the multiverse theory and then we're going to nerdify this because i have other things that build off of this theory and i'm very happy about it um <laughs> but we start off at type zero uh pre-planetary we can travel beyond our planet limits but we cannot use the resources from other planets we have not started making 
any more advances in civilization on other planets. We are simply just visiting it like a vacation, I guess we could say. <laughs> um, <laughs> in type 1 civilizations, that's where we get into your planetary scale where we are able to use all of our energy and the equivalent of that and store the equivalent of that energy and are able to reach other planets and start becoming an interplanetary civilization. And it's somewhere between type 1 and type 2 where we are able to harness all planets' um, energy and almost like t start terraforming other planets to make them ha uh, hospitable and habit eh. make it a more hospitable living environment for our civilization to grow further and further. As we move on okay. to from number two to number three, we're at the end of number two, we're finally getting the power to harness the star. We maybe have a Dyson sphere or we have some way of harnessing the power from our sun in a very efficient manner to get us to the type three civilization that is galactic, where we can control the equivalent energy on a scale of an entire galaxy. Like the Milky Way. Exactly. And all the okay. other or galaxies that exist out there, we are able to harness and use that energy with zero loss almost. Yes. And when we get to er, civilization type fours, we are able to control universes pretty much. And the equivalent okay. of that energy. We have at this point May, at this point, we have advanced to the point where we have instantaneous travel, kind mm -hmm. of like teleportation, and we are starting to grasp the very fundamentals of the universe, stuff that our theories and thermodynamics and all that can't cover and are able to warp the fabric of space and time to better suit our needs. If that makes sense to all of you, I'm following. Yep. Yeah, following. Now, quick, quick, quick side note, Gordon. Don't mean to interrupt you. For those of you that are having a little bit of uh, trouble understanding, as I did, because this is Gordon's third time explaining it to me, and I'm finally connecting the dots. <laughs> if you need an extra resource, we are going to have a Wikipedia page linked in the description box and show notes. So don't feel ashamed. I'm on my fourth time and I'm just starting to get it. <laughs> and I would this like is to a big say, subject. Um, every source you go to is going to have different information on this. There is really <laughs> no true final form where you're going to be able to get all this information. Even if you look up the documentation, unless you study this kind of theology, I doubt you're going to be able to understand it because I can't. Just a humble line, line cook explaining <laughs> multi-civilization theory. Um, but yeah, at type 4 civilizations, we are able to start to warp and mend, fold, do whatever it is you want to do almost to the fabric of space-time, which brings us to our type 5 civilizations, which, drumroll, is a multiversal civilization. Mm -hmm. 
we are <laughs> we are able to explore the multiverse and we can we at this point it's theorized that we'd have the ability to travel to the future okay it's not there's no guarantee on coming back as the paradoxes that would include in two of you existing when there should only be one of you and any other kind of theory that you might think of the butterfly effect anything mm -hmm. so i at this point it's theorized that at this point we're only able to move forward in time as we have not quite we are not quite inept enough to find out how to safely travel back in time yeah and after type 5 we come to type 6 which is megaversal um we are able to exist in an infinite amount of simultaneous multiverses and instances with at this point unlimited space-time travel Ooh. um so that's that's like cloning essentially like yeah we it's not that your variant is existing in another universe that's you Th whoever you are in this variant in this universe can literally exist in multiple universes at the exact same time yeah kind of aware of it is there like an awareness yeah you'd have to be aware that? of it yeah i would think you'd have to be aware in order to be able to clone yourself and literally put yourself in multiple universes you'd have to be aware that that's possible i don't or is it or is it more like astral projecting oh I, ooh. <laughs> that, that's that's what that's kind of like i'm sitting here and i'm taking that all in and that's where i kind of thought about it because if because if, i feel like to get to that level as a species um and a civilization you have to achieve a higher level of consciousness to be to to be able to um basically advance us that far forward of course physically and technologically but also but consciously we have yeah. to be essentially to, to to realize all of this. But with astral projection, maybe correct me if I'm wrong with this, but astral projection is just being able, it's just having the ability to see somewhere else. In it doesn't mean that dimension. you physically have, in a fourth dimension, it doesn't mean that your body physically is there interacting with that world necessarily. See, I would that say. That might be the only caveat. Well, I, I don't, so where I was going to go with that is, a, again, uh, astral projection, I, I mean, I feel like you can interact with the world uh it just might be in a different uh you just might be vibrating on a different frequency yeah i, I mean wow, if, wow, you take, if you take if you take a look back uh like again not that these are science fact but science fiction i mean you have uh movies like the first doctor strange where he's you know fighting uh those people and he's like in the er and, and christine's trying to work on him and he can influence around the room slightly but he's and still... she can feel his presence he's vibrating on a different frequency here's the only caveat though is it, 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 he's still in the same dimension or same universe it's not him in a different universe simultaneously while on that hospital bed well the multiverse wasn't open yet no but that's the only thing is i don't know if he would be able to never mind sorry <laughs> we're hijacking your conversation oh no it's i think okay. i i was i would think astral projection is more just like you can see other universes but maybe not necessarily interact with them i, I believe the mk ultra project called that remote viewing 
Yes. That's my boy. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. I feel that on this scale, I would say around type three civilization when we come intergalactic, it would be mm -hmm. around the time where we would have acquired the ability of cloning. And I I interpret cloning as it's its own individual. There is no connection between the two as it is made up of a, sent, is a clone would, unless you're using your exact, unless you're implanting your memories or subconscious into each and every clone that's made, I do not think that you would be connected in any other way other than DNA. That's true, because you could look at that with like identical twin, and they're, they still technically share the same genetic makeup. But you're right, they're both two individual functioning brains that has their own individual personalities. But with identical twins, there is that... I don't remember what it's called exactly, but there is that sense that you can... Where you feel like maybe if your twin were to get hurt, you'd feel hurt in the same spot. There has been... I would there is... There has yeah, been there is studies that... shown in quote-unquote proof we can never tell if these people are like in form of esp yeah we can like... we're never able to tell if since we truly don't know how our brain works our consciousness works if we think something enough i fully believe that if i were to think long enough about my stomach hurting my brain would be like oh my stomach hurts and then make my stomach hurt so I feel like there might be a bit of that in play when it comes to twins feeling the same pain as one another is they're already so, so close to the same that their brain is like, I'm the same as this person. There's an injury here. I should be injured there as well. Uh, that makes sense. It probably doesn't, but. No, 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 it does. It does. It does. It does. No, I'm I am following you. I'm trying to think of the name of what you're describing, but yes. Kind of like the Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yes. <laughs> Not to derail that one, but yeah. <laughs> no, I I like that. I like that. The only thing that I can see just kind of doing a quick little search is it's just like twin telepathy is just, mm -hmm. you know, it's a real phenomenon that that believes that the similar genetic links between twins produces similar brain functions, essentially. And that's yeah. why they might have that like extra ESP. They, they can pick up on things because they are a little bit more in sync than with with each other than with somebody else. And like that makes sense. You know, I could I can see that so. so then if you're doing that cloning yeah you wouldn't be able to necessarily implant memories but because you do share dna and there's a connection with genetics would your other clones know if something was going on with you probably Whoa. but i think it'd be on that level of just how twins are yeah where it's a vague like something doesn't feel right kind of feeling yeah yeah like mm. danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger exactly <laughs> exactly like they were in that twin movie 
That was, I would think that was the greatest twin movie ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay Lohan have several speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Okay, I'm following. I, I, yeah, I. Yeah. We've opened up like multiple cans of worms here, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like trying to find the right thread to like tack onto because they're when you really get into this whole idea of the civilization, are are twins even in their connection inherently a form of the next version of civilization because of their connection? I know this this whole thing is just a theory, but I lean into it a little bit. Like maybe we're just constantly evolving. You would have to like, yeah, you would have to keep evolving. That's one of the things that I think was interesting is how each universe or each civilization builds upon the one before it. So like, I think it was where you said universe or civilization three is able to control the universe. And then you build off of that. What's, you know, better than controlling your universe. How about being able to go to the multiverse? Like it just keeps continuing to grow. You have to evolve from one to get to the other. And that's what the type six is. Type six is after multiverse, where number five, you're able to travel and explore these multiverses to a certain extent. Megaversal, you are able to infinitely go to any other universe that you want to, any other existence you want to, and be able to colonize. And if there are no other you will never we won't we'll never know in our lifetime whether a multiverse is real or not i at least could not imagine so as we are not even a type one civilization we are type zero we are pre-planetary we are very far from being able to store and collect an equivalent amount of all the energy on earth but right in the megaversal you're at the point where being able to travel instantaneously between any multiverse you want at this point you have to have clones and even at this point maybe to travel back and forth to different multiverses is after the initial jump you have clones in all these other universes and this is where we start to get into type 7 which is what I'll transition into with this idea is that coming in out of uh, type 6 into type 7 where which is omniversal um we are able to remove our conscious from the body we're in and implant it into another one in another universe Ooh. um oh wow type 7 civilizations so... omniversal is the is god level um you're able to manipulate every atom every molecule to your whim you're essentially to base it off of something that a good portion of people will know about you're essentially the god from christianity at this point you're able to do essentially whatever you want you can manipulate all universes all multiverses all megaverses you're able to do essentially everything at this stage you are so, in just a living god. That is what it is. Which we can discuss a little bit before I bring in my theory that builds off this. 
or you've made it to the source. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Which is yeah. a possibility yeah. you never know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it could go either way. Is, is you are that... You are the source, or you've made it to the source. Yeah. Yeah. Which, ironically, um, kind of builds up to um, the theory that I started coming up with, and then found someone else who was talking something similar on um, TikTok was we all are fans of mythology, each our own respective mythology. Mm -hmm. um, we'll take Greek because I feel like that's one most people know the most about. I envision that as, as those almost all mythologies or religions besides a few base it off of multiple gods all with enormous power but with the same corruptibility as we do in our lives now so i started yeah. piecing together what if these mythologies what if zeus and all of those gods on mount olympus are truly just a type 7 civilization and that each of these gods are just able to control a different part of the universe oh. better than others. That's why we have the god of lightning, the god of love, despair, the god of anything there is as a god for. Or multiple, yeah. or one god has multiple terms. Yes. I, so I started just thinking that it would make full sense that the beings that we see or believe in our civilizations that came before us, the reason why we find these huge structures with giant doorways and other abnormalities, the precision of some of these ancient architecture that yeah. really doesn't make much sense unless you put some thought into it. Um, it could be that all of these mythologies, every religion is true, but what it is is a timeline for each mythology. It's like, its own civilization. Exactly. They're yeah. all civilizations that came from after one another and have built their way up to that level of civilization. That would make sense. That would make that make a lot of sense actually. And now the only the only downside is where have they gone because they're no longer here any longer. They're and in the multiverse. Exactly. That's where they're in other universes. They're, they've all went and decided they've either died out because even at that stage, you, there has to, unless you're, unless at that stage you find a definite being that created all of it, there mm -hmm. would have to be, I would imagine that there is some limit to how long you can live regardless of how well you're able to manipulate the right. fabric of time there has there there has to be at some point a uh, start and stop point it for example um why can't i think of the one thor and all of them from like is that still greek i don't know either way norse norse thank you in norse mythology odin is much older than 
his kids. As so mm-hmm. there is still aging in some of these mythologies. Which would That's true. show civilizations growing to a point and then dying out and then a new civilization starting from those ashes. Hmm. Which ironically a couple days after I was thinking about this and we started to talk about it on wisdom on TikTok I came across the TikToker that claims well goes over the theory that Christianity is just poke a uh, post-apocalyptic Greek or Norse or some mythology it's just it's just the post-apocalyptic version yeah your FBI agent was sending you some good for you page recommendations. That's then. right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was in the way that they were, he was explaining this stuff. He, he obviously it's a conversation between himself and himself because how most TikTok things work, but he would, um, claim that the God that Christianity believes in now was the god uh, Belaros or something of that nature who is supposed to cause all the death and destruction where at the end of Ragnarok everyone is supposed to die he somehow at that stage you probably have a way to resurrect yourself so you resurrect yourself and then from there it was all these other gods coming in, resurrecting themselves, and then these quote-unquote gods became angels under this one that came first, and then the okay. angels of those mythologies became the Valkyries. And okay. It, it just kind of like a domino effect. I didn't. Yeah, they all they all just kind of went up the like hierarchy. Ladder. Exactly. I don't really have a lot of information on yet as I haven't watched a lot of it. But we will I definitely want to leave a link to his TikTok in our description. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. But I I feel like that's a fun theory to slide down is how each civilization eventually makes their way to this in a certain amount of time and then perhaps makes their own civilization that builds its way up again. Right. Yeah. Or it realized that they're at their like peak vibration in this universe. There's nothing left for them here. Time to mosey on out. Mm-hmm. Start over in a new in a new universe that, you know, is able to help them continue to evolve. Like you can only evolve so much before wherever you are, like you're gonna hit your ceiling at some point. And maybe these places hit their ceiling, and that's why they left. They had the ability to travel interdimensionally between the multiple universes and the mega universes. So, like, they're literally like, we're done here, guys. Thanks for the resources. Exactly. Catch you on the flip side. (laughs) (laughs) And you look at, like, certain things in our culture that are still somewhat... I guess you could say unexplained. So did maybe somebody from the multiverse hop in and make it happen? And then they left because like they're spreading them. Like 
the first thing that comes to my mind, because to this day there is nothing that explains this, the Georgia okay. guide, the Georgia Guidestones. So did those come from somebody from a different multiverse? It's telling us like they're they're existing on a higher plane. They're able to travel back and forth. I mean, not that in no way am I condoning what the message is on them because I completely disagree. But is that somebody from an multiverse that made that happen and made that you know you open a can of worms here where it's like it's very hard to put the, the worms back in but Good. you know even like stonehenge there's really no explanation for that is that a sign so i mean when you talk about stonehenge and you know it's uh geographic location and, and and the other similar type hinges are around the world you know you start to find that they uh all appear on ley lines and that's you know different uh magnetic board vortices although uh, although you know we've we've talked about this before too is ley lines is like a pseudoscience it's not an actual science so even though there are a lot of people who do believe in the power of ley lines there's a lot of people in the scientific community that don't believe that they're real and with accepting that point but also talking about a uh, ever-expanding infinite universe and multiverse uh it certainly could be mm -hmm. reality mm -hmm. um where i was where i was trying to make my point though with that was is that uh you know those could uh, help unlock portals to other dimensions and or multiverses. And I guess that's sort of where I was leading in with is there is a certain amount of exp unexplained uh, landmarks or geographical locations that in my head, that's kind of where I was going with it, Bob, is like, could it potentially be like a, uh, information or a portal or a start point or what have you is i know it probably sounds crazy but you, you just don't it, it does not it does not because so if you look at the uh, ufo activity around these areas too um a lot of the theories surrounding ufos and or extraterrestrials is that they're not necessarily uh interstellar beings but perhaps even interdimensional so that's where i was going and again i feel like there's, oh. there's so much more um, you know, there's just so, I, I feel like if you understand, like if disclosure ever comes about with aliens is we also begin to start to really understand not only who we are and what our place in the universe is, but how this all works, how is it all connected? Cause imagine the knowledge and the perspective that these beings hold. Interdimensional yeah. travel makes sense with aliens, with the videos that have been released so far reaching Mach 8 and higher without making, oh. without breaking the sound and barrier. Crazy shit. Quite frankly, crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on, real quick, I want to touch base with Eric. Where are you at, my friend, on all this? I haven't heard from you in a minute. <laughs> I'm following. I'm following. I like all these theories. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you are seen and heard, and I didn't forget you were there. You're just kind of in absorption mode. I appreciate and respect yes. that. <laughs> all right, I'm just checking it all in, 
and preparing to destroy everybody else's theories. Well, I got, I got, I got you, buddy. I am here for you. We did run a little over on that segment, Gordon. Is there any loose ends that you want to tie up before we jump to an ad break? Nothing I'm confident in yet. That will, it will have to wait for right. another time. So we're gonna take a quick ad break, and uh, Eric, I would love to hear any opinion you have on that. But when we do come back, we're gonna hear from Eric. And then I do want to dive into the media aspect of the multiverse. It's been pushed down some of our throats in a good way, in the sense that it's kind of everywhere and it's kind of a hot topic. And I want to really dive into that together. So that being said, enjoy this quick ad break and we will be right back. Thank you. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot-button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection. You are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. And we're back. So, Mr. Eric, you have a little something you want to throw to the court of public opinion here. So I'm going to give the floor back to you. Lay it on us. All right. Yeah, so I really did enjoy uh, listening to all these theories, it really makes you think, you know, how the multiverse and how uh, civilizations evolve. Um, one theory that I heard a few years ago, my cousin and I were talking about it, so I don't have the direct source material of it, and I may have been under some uh, influence of adult beverages at this time, but the gist of it was that our society, our civilization, and no society or any civilization will ever be able to escape their solar system, not just because of speed of light travel is something that can't be obtained, um, but just because some other catastrophic event will happen to that civilization to end its progression in, into uh, devolving almost and, and bringing them back to a, uh, a, a more primitive being. Oh. So like almost like a quicksand pit. Like, <laughs> like the, the farther you reach theory. out, the farther it drags you back down. Exactly. And the harder you push at it, the quicker it's going to pull you back in. Kind of like oh. the Great Filter so Theory. There. What's that? It sounds kind of like the Great Filter Theory where there are, at certain stages, filters that you either overcome or they murder you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, that I do believe that is the theory I was just 
trying to uh, describe there. So yes, so something is going to filter us and keep us from continuing on. There may be some that make it through, you know, the, the like um, civilizations make it through. That's why we have beings of other uh, just UFOs, other uh, existences of life out in the the whole known universe. But we, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to make it through our filter. The dinosaurs didn't, right? That's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, there, well, you know, there might be a dinosaur flying around in the UFO laughing at us, but that <laughs> might be a little bit far-fetched. Reptilians, dude. Oh. Yeah. Look at Mark Zuckerberg. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> He's so a pterodactyl, man. I'm so, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, it's all good. See, that that's kind of my favorite theory of it is, you know, it's kind of a dark way of thinking of it that we might not be able to make it through that filter, but we're sure as hell trying to, and that's why there's so few sightings of uh, extraterrestrial beings, is because so few civilizations make it through their filters to be, to be able to explore beyond their galaxy. Huh. So even though we might be like cognizant and aware of it, and we just may never reach the capability of being able to attain that next level of civilization as the Kardashev deal indicates. Exactly. Because huh. it, uh, it all just boils down to human beings are just really smart animals. We're nothing special. We're nothing greatly different than, you know, other primates, you know. We're, we're not that much better. We're, it's, it's a real evil and hateful way to think of it, but we're just really smart animals. You know, there's, there's no difference between us and fish that live in a school together. Or, like, uh, I, I was watching an Animal Planet documentary about the pistol shrimp, how he gets a goby to guard him. You know, those are all, they're all adaptations of survival instincts, but... We're all we're all animals. That's all we are. Well, the thing with the animal, correct. We are technically mammals, so we are another animal. But part of what makes us the ones in power is because we are more powerful than other animals. We've got our own language that we can communicate with. We can make sets of rules. So we've become the top of the pyramid in the animal kingdom because we are more evolved than the other animals on the planet. But Correct. that's not necessarily saying that we are the. But you're not necessarily saying that we are the highest form of intelligent life that there is possible. It's just in this universe we are. In this world we are. In our our version yeah. of the multiverse, we are the top dog. We are top dog, but we might yeah. not be the top dog in general. Well, I mean, again, I think everybody is uh, is hitting home on all this, but I feel you know what has not been said is that there's all this untapped potential so yes you know everything eric said in our current state is true you know carmen outlying that uh, we are the uh the top of the food chain if you will is also true but then when you talk about uh you know we, we talked about different levels of consciousness and uh, the studies of the human brain that there's just there's we only use a small percentage of our brain right and if we can unlock the 
a greater portion of that, we will likely achieve a higher level of consciousness, you know, open our third eyes, if you will. And um, really, I, I think that the possibilities are limitless. And then that's when we are able to start um, exploring beyond uh, known boundaries well, and discoveries uh, that's probably, of a greater kind. That's probably when a civilization will start to go up the chain of civilization, correct? Like if we're at a zero level yeah. as we are standing now, if we tap into those potentials of our brain power, that might get us from level zero to level one and continue yeah. on up till we become that top dog in general in the universe. So like, we oh, have to... Oh, yeah, opening we have the third to, eye, astral, yeah. developing an ability to astral project. Because there are people on our plane of existence that do claim and have, you know, relatively... Again, it's their word, but sometimes they're so descriptive and so believable that yeah. maybe there are people among us that are able to tap into that. And like Bob said, like a, a different percentage of the brain capacity. So maybe it is a slow burn to get there. I think well, it's, and, and, and I also in, in the grand scheme of things, in, in the amount of time that, you know, our uh, universe has existed, estimated, we are literally a speck of sand through the hourglass. We are a tiny blip uh, in all of this. I know. So, again, us as a species, incredibly young. But at the same time, too, I think us as a species also recognizing that somebody who can use their, their you know, consciousness, their brain, their abilities to the best of their abilities may have more powers in themselves individually and therefore may be harder to control so perhaps the reason that we as a civilization have not figured out how to tap into that consciousness is like a control mechanism because if we're if we stay stupid then we're easier to rule over if that makes sense no that makes perfect sense to me it's because mm -hmm. it, there's a stigma like you said, there's a lot of people who do have these, you know, claim to have these powers, and they very well could have these powers. They may have, there's lots of people who have, you know, proclaimed to be psychics um, or, you know, as part of the MK Ultra projects, you know, who were forced into doing remote viewing or any other kind of psychological telepathy projects, essentially. So this is something that is a very real possibility, but it's been stigmatized. So people look down on those who claim to have this. Like, we see something wrong with them. Like, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just making stuff up. Are they just making stuff up? Or have we been conditioned to think that so that we maintain that stupidity and we're still easier to control? I, I mean, I, I'm sure there are, you know, frauds and charlatans, if you will. There are going to be um, people, yeah, who, who misuse it. But no, I, I believe it's out there. There are people with that ability and that capacity. And... Uh, if there's a stigma to it, it's quite simply because society at large is afraid of it because yeah. it's different. Yeah. I have to agree with you, Carmen. You said, you said it perfectly, something I couldn't orchestrate into words properly is if we're sitting here talking about it, there's somebody higher up that has thought of it. And uh -huh. if, and that's maybe where the culture of like shuddering people and like making fun of them and stigmatizing them comes from, I could Good. see I could see people making that be like, oh well they're a freak or they're this or they're that. 
And I, I could follow the train of thought of like, they don't want you to believe these people because they don't want you to know. To become those people. Yes. They don't want that either. Because if yeah. they've tapped into that consciousness and they know what they're capable of doing, imagine if the entire population had access to doing that, then what would we need rules for? Or, you know, uh, a government or in, in that <laughs> sense. I'm, I'm speaking on like broad generic terms, but like if we were able to tap into that extra consciousness that we don't harness currently, would we need law and order? Or would, would we just have a better understanding of the natural law and order of the world around us? I think that, like, that, would, that would be more like, yes, we would we would be adhering to more of the universal laws right. of the universe multiverse at that point. Right. Not like man-made laws passed down. Correct. Yeah. And I don't think they want to give up that. And, 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 I, feel like, and I feel like, I feel like <laughs> what you talked about right there is if there is... Um, UFO extraterrestrial disclosure is that is when we start to learn yeah. those laws. Yeah. Because if they're out there, if they're real, then that means they are. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> hypothetically, if they're out there, they are, and they're, it's something that we've been, you know, taught for however many generations that that's not real. That's not possible. That's science fiction. That's stuff that you see in the movies. Totally real. But now, you, now you're telling us that this is 100% real. So now everybody has to basically undo the mind bend that they've been forced to believe. Now their concept of reality is completely shattered. Right. And that's, and that would be incredibly hard for yeah. a society at large to take. Yeah. Uh, I, I am completely aware of that. That is not lost on me. Yeah. Especially those of us that are very uh, strict Christian that do not deviate from you know, that are not just simply spiritual, but that, like, you know, believe this, the written word, and that is everything, and their their universe, you know, kind of lives and dies within that. And there's, yeah. no, shame, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just what the, the ideas that we're talking about here, if tomorrow we were proven to be right about every single thing that we mentioned today, that could be catastrophic for some. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's something that needs to be taken into consideration, of course. Yeah, I, like you said, Gordon, I don't think we'll necessarily see the multiverse in our lifetime, at least not the rate that we're going with our civilization. I, but it, it's possible that somewhere at, at some point in time, it may become scientific fact and not just like us sitting around the campfire talking about this potential theory. It may become like an actual scientific proven fact. Which would be great unless, you know, we get to the <laughs> point in our civilization where we realize all these theories are in fact wrong. Or are they all in, in fact right and they can all be simultaneously correct at the exact same time? Which is exactly. And paradox yeah. is only covered in the multiverse where paradoxes are covered. Right. <laughs> they may not exist in other par in other parallel universes. Paradoxes have to be their own spinoff. We don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, real quick, let's transition because I do really want to dive into 
the media of it all, like the representation. Does anybody else feel like the multiverse thing has been a little bit heavy pushed? Like, like with Spider-Man, no, and I love all of these movies. I'm not shit-talking anything, but it seems like this is becoming a little bit of a thing. It's like between Spider-Man, No Way Home, um, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. It's like, call me a conspiracy theorist. I call myself a conspiracy realist. Are they <laughs> are they mildly conditioning us? Like, because, you know, can, like programming, conditioning, getting you used to something and then revealing that it's real. Is there anybody else that gets well, that little bit of a tingle that maybe like we're getting inundated with it? on the media front i mean granted it's when we're going to go into it's been existing in comic books for a long time yeah it seems like a lot lately right yeah i could say it for two full reasons one it makes a good story um and then because it makes a good story it also makes them have the ability to make more money so by being able to introduce the multiverse into their movies, it's like a cash grab. So if they're like, oh yeah, Iron Man did really good on its own. You know what might make us even more money? If we put Iron Man and Spider-Man together. Mm -hmm. So it could just be a conspiracy with Hollywood of like, they're finding ways to get creative slash lazy with writing in a sense, in order to make more money because they know that the fans might come from one character but then they're going to become fans of the other character, and then they can just continue that blockbuster but, spiral. But is it really lazy writing, though, or does it just open them up uh, for more material? Well, yes. Or, because, because now... Because then they can make more money. <laughs> it's all about money at the end, of course. Um, you know, I, I think it was a way, you know, for Marvel in particular to kind of open things up without uh, getting stagnant. You know, and, and having these crossovers and and the things, and it's been wildly popular. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I just think it's a way to to kind of not continue on the same old storyline. Like, you know, where do you go after Endgame? Where do, where do you really go? Into the multiverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's why I think that they did it. And, I, and I'm excited for it. And I'm, and I'm definitely a fan of it. And again, uh, I feel like Hollywood uh, sensationalizes things in phases. I mean, we went through a big vampire phase. We went through a big zombie phase. You know, now now it's the multiverse phase. And what, I'm, what I particularly enjoy about this multiverse craze is that it's getting people to think... Uh, you know, in different ways that they might not have before. And and like like Steven said, you know, kind of getting people, you know, open to this concept that this could actually exist. So for better, for worse, for profit or not, it's good. Yeah. At least on my end. That's valid. I, w I will not stop you. I think that's very valid. But... I do, and I, and I get what they're doing because, and Gordon and Eric, feel free to chime in on this, but like, because I, and maybe, you know what, let me just say the point, and you could, maybe all of you know about it. So the whole like Marvel 
Fox dispute, are we aware that like it was basically because Marvel Comics was going to be bankrupt and file for bankruptcy protection? Do are we up uh -huh. on this whole? So essentially, in the '90s, like the the only thing that was really making them money was the animated TV shows, and mm -hmm. the whole reason Fox ended up with like the X Men and Fantastic Four was because Marvel was selling the house like <laughs> open auction baby come in and pick out the fine china and the fine furniture because they didn't want to go under it was an estate sale exactly it was an estate estate sale and so then fox got you know <laughs> we got what we got <laughs> and uh the fantastic fours i think it was the only two movies maybe it was a trilogy you, you know, you take it or you leave it. And mm -hmm. then we have the X-Men. And so then now this whole merger has happened and now Disney and Marvel are together and it's like this profitable, healthy relationship. But like, that was not the case. So that's where Sony comes in because Sony has some of the rights and it's a whole mess because Marvel was selling the house. Right. So is the, and I, and I guess when I say lazy writing, I mean, lazy writing in the sense of there's a lot of behind the scenes that we cannot explain on camera. Honest to God, give me like a 15 minute monologue with Deadpool just talking about it. And I'd be like, okay, I got it. <laughs> like, you know, have him just sit down in like a fold out chair and drink like a four loco and talk about <laughs> it. I'm fine. But it's like they have to use the multiverse to kind of correct and, you know, get Halle Berry and her bad accent out of there. Have to, like, they have to rework a lot of history. And I think this is the perfect way to do it with the least amount of, like, creative writing is what I mean. Yeah, and that's, what I, and that's kind of what I follow with as well, too. It's not saying that the writing itself is lazy. It's just, like the it's the least obstructed way of making something make sense it's like it's the occam's razor yeah it's the most convenient explanation yes so maybe lazy is the the improper word it's just the most convenient most beneficial and easy easy not to most digest creative. not the most no. creative but yes um, so what's everybody else think about that like the multiverse being used in that form makes a lot of sense to draw everything back together like you guys were saying <clears throat> like with the whole spider-man thing you know you've got three peter parkers out there and you did have the animated um into the spideyverse where they actually did explore mm -hmm. the spider-man multiverse and brought in a couple different spider-men but mm -hmm. then you know it's kind of like oh crap we got toby Maguire, andrew garfield and tom holland screw it let's make it a multiverse <laughs> and then we threw them together, you know. <laughs> it, and it made a lot it, it of money. A lot of it money. made a lot oh, of yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, it raked in the cash. And, yeah, it tied everything in together perfectly. And sometimes you just need a little multiversic mult montage to pull your life back together, I guess. Mm -hmm. True. And so this is going to be a spoiler alert. Um, well, first of all, I should ask: Is everybody on panel seeing Doctor Strange? It yes, is on Disney Plus. Yet. Okay. It is on Disney never, Plus now. Never mind skipping that segment. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm lame. No, Eric, don't apologize. You're a father, <laughs> and uh, I, you have every reason to not. No, no apologies. Um, I think that once you do see it, you'll see why I skipped over it because they're using that to correct things and bring different things in, and that's awesome. I, but it's just, I guess. Is it lazy? Is it just the most easy? Is it the most cash grab? I don't know. It's kind of like how time travel became like a thing like in the movie industry where I wouldn't want I would not want to be a production assistant on like a movie like this because it would have to be so hard to keep track of like what you did in the first film, what's in the second script, what's going to happen. Like that's where I stress out. And it's, I don't, I don't, maybe I'm the only one that thinks about the type of stuff, but like they're in a slippery slope where if they screw up one thing now, because they're resetting it all on their own terms, they screw up one thing, the fans are ravenous and they're going to notice. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Make it a multiverse. That explains everything. <laughs> And Gordon, I think you were kind of getting on me about that, where you're like, well, there's a multiverse where we uh, have the, the, this figured out, and we have a multiverse where this is this, and I feel like you, you kind of uh, take that liberty a little bit. Like, you, you <laughs> of course. understand where they're coming from. There's always there's always a universe where um, it's ever, always explained in some universe or another, just not this one. We don't have any yeah. answers here. Ask the it's, it's a very easy out. I like that. I try. Um, so <laughs> I do want to, we're a little bit all over the place with how we wanted this to go down, and that's fine. I do want to talk about my first experience with the multiverse that I think was being outlined. And uh, there's two games, there's one. <laughs> that I wish Lizette was here for because she could kind of dive into this one, but we will save that for when Lizette returns. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts saga, keep that in yeah. the back of your mind. Because I think there's some multiverse stuff there. And my understanding of it, see it, but I don't know exactly how to properly explain it. And she would 100% nail that one. I but, think... I was say, I think like like a generic and she'll probably she can definitely give a better explanation than this but like a generic one is like it's the worlds of Disney and Pixar and Final Fantasy I believe all meshed into one That's a mashup. That's a multiverse mashup. Yeah. There's and there may be something. there may be other worlds in there as well too but those are the three I can think of are Final Fantasy, Disney and Pixar. And then the original characters that, like, they came up with or, like, then meshed in with that and how they mm -hmm. all fit in. It's, it's a wild storyline, but I think that was, like, a very early exposure to the idea of, like, potentially a multiverse. And then the other one. Has anybody else played The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? You guys have talked about it a bazillion times, so I feel like I, 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 feel like I know it. <laughs> I bring it up, like, every other time. <laughs> but there's a lot of time travel and essentially the clock resets every three days and you go back and your actions directly impact the citizens. Mm -hmm. And it's like 
if you don't complete certain tasks and you don't reset the clock to go back and do this and do that, it has different outcomes for different, like, like you might win the game, but like some of the side characters don't win. And there's like multiple different outcomes all related to this time travel element. And like, yeah. I, looking back as we were like preparing for this episode in Fear Embodied, that game just kept sticking. I'm like, shit. It wasn't just about time travel. It was like the butterfly effect, the multiverse. Mm-hmm. It was everything. It, it starts new timelines. Or, I mean, what if you didn't necessarily go back to your same timeline? You just jumped back to another parallel universe that was somewhat similar, but there's a little bit of a glitch or a difference based on what happened and what you did or didn't do. Exactly. Not like... So I go back to that game all the time now that, now that we're talking about this so heavily. I'm like, yeah, that was trying to tell you something. <laughs> it was preparing you. <laughs> I don't know. I think video games... Is, has anybody else played a video game that yes. has kind of had a multiverse element to it? Yes, I have. I've played a couple different ones. Um, one... Um, I guess you call it like a dungeon crawler. It's called um, Dead Cells. You play a character that you pretty much just a prisoner escapee. You go through, kill a bunch of people, and then at the final boss, you then go back to the beginning and keep repeating over and over and over again to get to the real final boss, at which point the game finally ends. <laughs> and then... um. Another one that I've recently downloaded, I was talking to Steve about it. It's called 5D Chess with Multiversal Time Travel, and it's a doozy. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a doozy? <laughs> it, I mean... I zoned out like a minute into you explaining it because it was complicated. Does what? anyone like play chess to any extent? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Well, as you know, it, it, it can be difficult at times, especially when you look at some of the grandmasters and how they memorize all these different plays and all that. Um, this game just brings in time travel so that I can move my king from the checkmate and the board we're currently on back to the same board about 30 moves ago and no longer be in checkmate it is very complicated weird and you get to the point where you can be playing like multiple different boards of the same game in different configurations i tried to play a game last night it did not go too well (laughs) when i think about uh early you know introductions to multiverses with video games i think of like straight up super mario one you know you got mario literally going down a tube from one world into a water world that's you know or the sky world or a sky world and then yeah. sorry mario princess is another castle why because <laughs> you just jumped universes yeah so, you know uh oh shit <laughs> <laughs> so Bowser's I mean, in the multiverse yeah Yes, yeah, I so... love your realization sound. <laughs> <laughs> I could never yeah. figure it out. 
<laughs> so, I mean, for me, that's where it all started. But and, and then also another one that comes to mind for me is Doom. Um, yeah. You know, so oh, oh, that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it's it's been it's been there uh, at some of the earliest uh, video games and some of the biggest of all time, honestly. Um, you know, are big. Yeah. Heavily on the the notion of the multiverse, whether they realized it or not. I'd say the one that I can think of off the top of my head, the first one I thought of was Vanilla Tales. Because there's like the alarm that blares and when the alarm goes off and suddenly you're transported into the fog world, which is where all the like creepy crawlies are. I'm sorry, Carmen. Did you say Silent Hill? Yeah. Okay. If for some reason my mic cut out, I thought that's... Yes. Then no, that makes sense because it, it's like... It's something. It's a, it's not really like a dimension or like a portal necessarily, but you are transported to something otherworldly mm -hmm. in the fog world. So, whether that, like Bob said, whether they knew it or not, they were kind of holding on that trope. I think the trope might might have been capitalized more in recent years. Um, the earliest findings I can see is. And Gordon, I think you and I had kind of talked about this. Like DC Comics was utilizing this pretty heavily. Yep. I think that they beat. I think they beat Marvel. Oh, honestly. definitely. The multiverse has been all over DC. Almost, I think. The Golden Age, the Silver Age, yeah. the Bronze Age. It's like they have just used it to reinvent themselves so many times. They've used it to get themselves out of tight spots they put themselves in when they crap up the uh, comics. Like they did with the New 52, which now doesn't exist, Amen. and they are starting over again, and nothing in the New 52 actually happened. I hate it. But it's great. And there's <laughs> Earth 597, and you're like, oh, that's where all the shitty comics went to die. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's another, and I hate to say it, because truthfully... Besides the X-Men, they are my exception. I was more of a DC fan. I just, X-Men have supremacy, but like, I preferred them. But I, looking back as an adult, I realized they, they dropped the ball a lot. And like, they could, they could be the one with like Dr. Fate, who is their counterpart to Dr. Strange. Dr. Fate's multiverse of madness. And they fumbled the ball. You know, maybe it's not necessarily a fumble. Maybe they didn't realize at the time that they were writing it where they were going to be going with it. So, like, where I think maybe today's writers, when they start to introduce the multiverse, they already know, like, XYZ is going to happen after they introduce it. So they know where that introduction is going to lead them. They already have the story and plot line mapped out. Maybe those early comic writers didn't know that and then once they started kind of going along whatever storyline they were evolving at that time is when they realized oh crap now that doesn't make sense how do we fix this i guess we're gonna have to introduce the multiverse to fix it yeah I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a sh yeah it's just what i think maybe they just didn't realize what they were doing with it because they were writing it you know issue to issue to issue me i don't know i can't speak for them because i don't I don't yeah. know them personally. Yeah, but maybe they didn't have an endgame or in sight, or maybe they were just writing literally one issue at a time and figuring it out as they went. 
Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you know, you got to think about when George Lucas was doing the original Star Wars films, he clearly didn't have an idea where it was going because, you know, by the time Empire rolled around, he wasn't sure if, uh, you know, Luke and Leia were going to be brothers and sisters. They kind of left it open that there could be like some sort of weird romance there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. No, I know you're right, though. I mean, sometimes you've got to like, you know, what, what's the Gordon, what do you and I always quote? at work uh the shitty fox news guy we're just gonna do it live (laughs) (laughs) we always quote that (laughs) do it live because you just don't know what you know what the next thing's gonna bring and so that makes sense um no i get that i do want to touch on one last thing because i just i i just realized we are running over but that's such a beautiful thing because i'm I'm so happy that like we're back together and we're doing a Let's Be Nerds and uh, this is of all the multiverses, this is the one I want to be in. But I do have to ask, and Eric, I'm going to try to phrase this in a way that doesn't spoil anything for the Doctor Strange. Well, all right, let me ask you this, Eric. Did you read the show notes? Uh, for us, yes. Yeah, the outline. Okay, so America Chavez is a character in Marvel Comics that is able to travel through the multiverse, uh, originally not at whim, but as she develops and becomes um, more aware of her powers, she can do it by choice. That's like later down the road. But what multiverse if you could land in one and it can be totally something you saw on screen or it could be totally something that you make up in your head what multiverse would you want to land in because there are some that are uh futuristic there are some that are you know uh you're a lasagna monster i I don't know (laughs) like there are so many different things but for a fun wrap-up question what is the fun multiverse that you would want to end up in? Yikes. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I, I did think about this a little bit, and it kind of tied back to the Mandela effect to where all of us got dropped into a multiverse. Because yeah. I looked back and I was like, well, 2012, what was going on in my life then? And at that point in my life, everything pretty much did a complete turn and i am on the course i'm on right now where i met my wife we got married we had kids and now we have a house and we're living perfect so honestly i think my multiverse is right now like this is where i should be where i want to be and where i need to be you know for as kind of sappy as that sounds my wife doesn't listen to our podcast (laughs) but you know she should (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just this one segment, but uh, well, no, this is, is for you to send to her. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is the multiverse I landed in. And I think this is—I don't think it's going to get much better for me. Honestly, I know Aww. myself; it's not going to get much better. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful, and I'm clipping this, putting it to a TikTok, <laughs> and sending it to her. <laughs> like she doesn't enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. Like, I tell uh, my friends at work, like, I'm one of those peaked in high school guys. Like, it's all downhill. That's why I'm married young. 
Oh. <laughs> well, you're selling yourself a little short, my friend. That's you're right. an excellent father and an excellent contrib contributor to this show. And I know Christina loves you with all her heart. So don't sell yeah. yourself short. Thank you. And let's uh, let's pass this buck on to somebody else. All right. No, no more pressure. No more pressure. Carmen, Thank you. Would you like to go next? <laughs> um, it's hard to follow that. Not gonna lie, mm -hmm. but the first thing that came <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is not necessarily like an offshoot of like me from back in the day. Like it's not like I'm playing out like a many worlds theory of where I want to go, but just in general. If I could end up in any multiverse, I'd like to end up in one where you don't have to work or wear pants. That's a that's, 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 that's fair. <laughs> nobody has to work. You don't, you don't have to work. I mean, if you want to work, you can, but you don't have to. It's not like you need to do it for monetary. Like, money is no longer an issue. It's some kind of a, like a civilization that, like works on like a pay it forward like hey listen i'll do your gardening if you watch my kids like everybody helps each other out kind of society yeah. and then at the same time if you want to wear pants you can wear pants if you just want to sit around in your underwear all day i'm not going to judge you because that's the kind of universe i like i'm a big fan of gym shorts if i can be in gym shorts i will help run your adoption agency i'll do nonprofit <laughs> work i love it carmen's signing yes. up for a multiverse i'm here for it Thanks. <laughs> Gordo, what's your multiverse dream? And please don't say extreme dictator, because then I'm going to have to, like, support you for red flag. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to have to have more time to think. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, there, there's two. Um, not nearly as good as Eric's, but either one where uh, superpowers are actualized, or Ooh. one where we have fully developed vr to where when you enter it it's almost like your subconscious entering into the virtual reality and you get to pretty much do whatever you want in that space oh. okay it's like more digitalized like yeah okay that's fair bobby dub what's your ultimate multiverse destination if you're america chavez Ooh, well, definitely not the paint universe. That one sucks. <laughs> that one, that one blows. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I think really what, uh, if I were landed in a different multiverse, I guess it would be one where uh, we have uh, achieved a higher level of consciousness as a society or, or using our third eyes more than uh, what we're able to now. Because I feel like, again, if more people uh, are able to do that, I feel like humanity as a whole uh, has been enriched and will probably live better. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Not, not as cool or as funny as others, but... You know. Serious. No, I, I, I feel that. Yeah. Huh. I think, for me... The, the multiverse I would want to land into would be where we are no longer challenged by the plane of existence where like people that have transcended are still audible and visible mm. and uh, we can still like, interact with them although they may not be like they're audible and visible to us but they're not necessarily 
you know, here in the present sense, kind of like, a, you know, I guess a Star oh, Wars callback where they are. I was going to say like, a, like an Obi-Wan and Yoda. Yeah. Ghost. Kind of like that. And uh, we get to kind of, yeah, yeah, a force ghost. I would like to bring that back where the people that have left us that we miss so terribly and the people that we love dearly are still here. We don't have as much fear about when they transcend because they're they're still able to like be around and then us doing this podcast on the beach. Yes. That, 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 that's about also, it. <laughs> also, any and all of those force ghosts have to wear the robes. <laughs> oh, of course. It's mandatory. I'm sorry, Kim. I'm sorry, Kim. It's going to mess up your hair, but you're going to have to wear it. <laughs> she doesn't have to have the hood up. She just, just has to have the hood up. No, robe. no. Bobby, she has to have the hood up. Well, it won't feel like Yoda does not have the hood up. Unlimited, unlimited hair care. <laughs> unlimited hair. Perfect hair days. <laughs> Every day. Every day. But Every something day. like something like that where the people that we care about the most are still around and we can just do this podcast with them on the beach with them and the <laughs> force ghost behind us. I'm here for it. I think that's a good one though, yep. because then that's a lot of people, you know, are afraid of the unknown because we don't know what happens after we cease to exist. You know, there are things that we are hoping for, things that we have faith in. Uh, of what we hope the next life will carry on. But maybe if we could see those elements, it wouldn't make that next journey, you know, into that next state seem so scary. You know, exactly. maybe people wouldn't be afraid of it. Carmen, perfect. A lot less fear. Yeah. A lot less fear. I love that. I'm sorry. That's This is perfect. And I know we did not hit on every topic that we wanted to hit on, but... I do think that we did manage to hit our time limit, which is awesome. For the first episode (laughs) back, we were able to fill a full episode. I am so thankful. Is there any last minute notes that you guys want to throw in besides subscribe and follow and listen to Fear Embodied? I I don't think that's the only thing on my heart. (laughs) No, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys for the little plug and honestly for having us back i know the the multiverse is a huge topic and we're literally only touching the tip of the iceberg there's so many things that we could talk about but i'm happy to be here for the conversation and i'm glad i learned a little little bit more than we learned the last time i have a sinking feeling that between your show and our show that this is gonna maybe be one of those things that we have to do callbacks to and maybe revisit and you know do multiple things about and I'm okay I'm okay with that because I think it's I think it's something that we were able to present to the audience in the course of your two episodes this episode and what you guys are going to get into on your next episode I think we're really opening up an important dialogue so if this becomes a theme that we revisit I'm here for it (laughs) and we are too yes well, I want to thank the wonderful, wonderful Gordon, the wonderful Bob and Carmen and the Eric. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for being here for episode 44 of Let's Be Nerds. It's shocking to say that. It's uh, more than I ever dreamed of. And we are going to be back on a regular basis. And um, 
it might look a little different and it might feel a little different, but the heart is still there. I want to thank you for those of you that are listening and uh, going to our sponsors and supporting them because when you support our sponsors, you're supporting our show and it, it truly is a beautiful thing. And I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to have all these wonderful people with me along for the ride for this episode. And with that being said, I'll see you in the next one. Lucky number 45. Thank you.